Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. This is the start of our Falcons position review series that is going to be running over the next couple of weeks. On today's episode, I will be diving deep into the quarterback position for Atlanta. I mean, there's so many places that we can go with this position, so we're not going to cover every everything today, but we are going to touch on kind of how it all broke down in 2023. What was the plan, the performance of the players on the roster, who is on the roster, who could be departing the roster. And then, of course, we will kind of wrap it up with where the Falcons may go from here. But it is clearly the number one priority for Raheem Morris and kind of this new regime that also includes Terry Fano and Ryan Pace and some holdovers. But they've got to figure this out. So that is going to be the focus for today's episode, which we are going to get into right now. But first, it's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. Our partner, BetOnline, is the number one source for your football odds, stats, trends, and lines. From point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade, BetOnline is the number one source for your championship wagering. So head to BetOnline and join today to get into all the action. BetOnline. The game starts here. All right, let's get into some quarterback talk for the Atlanta Falcons. In 2023, the headliner at the position was Desmond Ritter, right? And they went into it. If you kind of connect some of the dots that Arthur Blank uh, talked about at the end of season press conference, Rich McKay as well, it it does seem as though the long-term plan probably wasn't Desmond Ritter. But for at least the 2023 season, they felt that he offered not, you know, the best upside of any potential option out there, right? They could have drafted a quarterback. They could have made a big trade. But what he offered at the price tag, I think, allowed the Falcons felt allowed them to use some of their resources that they had freed up last, last offseason to really overhaul the rest of the roster, specifically the defense. And you can't really quibble with how that approach played out as it pertains to the defense, because that side of the ball was so much better last year than it has been in a long time. However, they went with a player who was going to be much more cost effective because of the benefits to the rest of the roster. What they did not expect and couldn't really prepare for were the turnovers. And if you look at, you know, why Desmond Ritter is no longer the headliner at the position for the Atlanta Falcons, it's, most of all because of his just aptitude to turn the ball over at the worst possible time and in kind of the worst possible fashion. And they just never were able to overcome that. And even though they were in a ton of close games, when you live that life, these mistakes become magnified. And Desmond Ritter's mistakes throughout the year were, again, just very, very impactful in in a negative sense. And Let's look at at kind of his metrics throughout the year. So he made 13 starts and Desmond Ritter finished with a six and seven record in those games as a starter. He had a 64.2 completion percentage, which ranked 22nd among the qualified quarterbacks. Uh, He had 2,836 passing yards, which was 21st. 
He had 12 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions. So he was 23rd in touchdown passes, 25th in uh, the number of interceptions thrown, which, you know, that that 25 means he's higher, right? Like that's that's pretty far down the uh, the list of quarterbacks. Um, 53 rush attempts. He had five touchdowns, uh, 193 yards on the ground. So, you know, 17 total touchdowns accounted for, sure, but 12 interceptions. And then he had, I want to say, like 12 fumbles. He had a really high number of fumbles as well. And if you're looking at just his metrics uh, among the 32 starting quarterbacks, like he is down there at the bottom, uh, across the board, pretty much. And you could have gotten by, I think, in 2023 with, and we we're all saying it kind of before the year started, just league average quarterback play, right? If if Ritter's numbers aren't in kind of like the low 20s, if maybe they're 15 to 18 to 19, like in that range, you probably aren't 7 and 10 for the third straight year. You're probably closer to at least 9 and 8, maybe 10 and 7. And, and that's kind of the big gamble, and it just did not pay off for the Falcons. And so you saw kind of as the year went along them saying, okay, if, if we got this wrong, maybe Taylor Heineke. And, and I think that was part of the plan bringing him in here and investing kind of that money was not only do we have somebody who can come in here and, and maybe help Desmond Ritter get better. And that's what Taylor Heineke said when we interviewed him for the very first time after he came here as a, a free agent that yeah, he was accepting of that backup role. And that comes with its own challenges. But first and foremost, you know, you have to prepare yourself kind of out of the spotlight to be ready. You also want to work with the starter and and kind of help them and be that second set of eyes to relay what you're seeing. And if you have more experience as Taylor Heineke is a 30 year old coming in here, has over Desmond Ritter, that's very beneficial as well. But we saw that the team felt they had to go to Taylor Heineke a, a couple of times, a number of times last season and there were moments where it looked maybe encouraging like maybe he could be the kind of substitute teacher to help get this roster over the finish line and into the playoffs there were moments it felt like that but if you look at the kind of bigger picture of his season it's clear that he wasn't the answer either so taylor heineke made four starts last year for the falcons he was one in three in those starts and he only had a 54.4 completion percentage um Again, that's 10 points worse than Desmond Ritter's. So that kind of shows you right there how stark and bleak the quarterback play was for the Falcons. Really, whoever they turned to, it wasn't it wasn't helping. This was not a Minnesota Vikings situation where you, you kind of go away and you pull in Josh Dobbs and all of a sudden he makes magic happen for you. No, there, there wasn't really a ton of magic uh, happening at the quarterback position for Atlanta. So he has that 54.4% completion rate throws for 890 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. So again, it, I think a lot of people were wondering, you know, why do the Falcons kind of go back and forth and back and forth? And that got overblown in the national media a little bit because injuries did play a, a factor there, right? If Taylor Heineke gets banged up in the game and then he has to leave the game, guess who's coming back in? Desmond Ritter. And then if Taylor Heineke can't suit up for that finale against New Orleans, guess who's going in there? Desmond Ritter. And a lot of people kind of, I think, looked at that as as among the final nails in Arthur Smith's coffin was like man he can't even make up his mind about the quarterback play that, that was not um you know i i think that didn't didn't do justice to kind of the actual reality of the situation 
because you your for your hand was forced a little bit, I think, there with the injury situation. However, the pro football focus grade for Ritter's overall season, I think, tells maybe the clearest story. His offensive grade was 51.9, which was 25th out of the 25 quarterbacks who qualified for yeah, the way the qualification works and, and for pro football focus, it was like 20% of a minimum number of snaps, whoever the maybe leader was uh, at quarterback for snaps played. So basically, you're maybe cutting out like Joe Burrow there and Jake Browning. Like they may not make that cut because they're not playing the the number of snaps, but you're also, you know, losing somebody who maybe was just spot starting and, and crushed it on like 15 snaps all year long. And so their PFF grade would be number one. That's why you filter and everything. So just know he's 25 out of 25 with a 51.9 grade. And that was below both Bryce Young and Zach Wilson by like a pretty decent margin. Bryce Young's grade was a 56 and he was the second lowest. And Desmond Ritter was a 51.9. So essentially a 52. That's a pretty sizable drop off. So yeah, we we don't need to touch on any any further, I guess, how bad the 2023 season was for the Falcons at quarterback like we all just lived through that so I don't know why I you know continue to want to put us through uh, that torturous experience so let's look forward shall we the players they have under contract for the 2024 season the two guys I just talked about Desmond Ritter has two years remaining on his rookie deal he's going to count uh, just 1.5 million against the cap on average for those two years it's like 1.4 next year and 1.7 like seven the uh for his final year but if if you look at kind of why he why i think he will stick around for at least the next couple of years it's because of that number right if if you cut desmond ritter you then probably have to go sign a, a backup quarterback to come in if you don't want to keep taylor heineke but we'll get to him in one second and i think given the upside that desmond ritter still has you know i, I don't think he is going to be as turnover prone as he was this last year forever I think there is still a lot of growth that he can have, but he does have a lot of experience under his belt. So those kind of two different sides of the coin are why I think the Falcons actually would be smart to just keep him as your backup quarterback. If he has to come in for a two game stretch or something, you can manage that a little bit, right? I think it, we should at least see what Desmond Ritter looks like in a different offense with a different coaching staff, actually having TJ Yates as your full-time quarterback coach. I like that, even though I do think they had enough voices in the room to benefit Desmond Ritter last year. It is a little bit of a different role. Um, so I would expect Desmond Ritter to stay under contract for the team uh, next year and, and probably the year beyond, even if they do and they should make a pretty significant overhaul at the quarterback position this offseason. So that brings me to Taylor Heineke. He's got one year left on the two-year deal that he signed last offseason. He will count $8.5 million against the cap next season. And this is where, as I do these position series, I'm going to be looking at who are the potential cap casualties. At quarterback, it's it's clearly Taylor Heineke. The team would save about $6.5 million by cutting Heineke. I think that's a very clear decision to make because, again, if you're going to have to go out and add a starter... And Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke kind of are pretty comparable, except Desmond Ritter is much younger and much cheaper. 
then that's the clear math right there. You would keep Desmond Ritter on as your primary backup quarterback, and you would cut Taylor Heineke, and you'd pocket $6.5 million, even though about $2 million um, in dead cap would apply. So that's kind of how I expect them to go about it. But then you've got two free agents uh, for this offseason, Logan Woodside, who's probably going to be gone because he's kind of an Arthur Smith favorite, and then Felipe Franks, who I would definitely expect to be gone, just given that he's never really panned out as the experiment that Arthur Smith expected him to be. So you've got two guys, again, still under contract, one of whom Taylor Heineke, I could definitely see being a cap casualty. And then you've got two of your four quarterbacks who are just pure free agents. Now, I I think uh, Felipe Franks is an exclusive rights free agent um, or a restricted free agent. So maybe you could bring him back if you really wanted to there, but I don't think they will. I think he will also depart. Um, So you could be left depending on the order in which these things play out with one quarterback on your roster by the time uh, like end of February, March rolls around uh, once kind of the new league year starts uh, in. Yeah, I guess that would be kind of mid early March. Um, It really could be Desmond Ritter and they would just clear the runway for anybody, a veteran rookies, what have you. But that looks at this point in time to be the path that probably they will end up taking. So, Let's go ahead and look at the salary cap investment for the Falcons at the quarterback position and then where that ranks in the league. So as I just kind of laid out, they'll have two players under contract once that new league year rolls over. And they have just under $10 million invested in those two players, right? Desmond Ritter kind of at that $1.4 million. And then you've got Taylor Heineke kind of like that 8.5 number. So there you go. That is only 4% of the team's cap, and that ranks 26th amongst all NFL teams in terms of spending at the quarterback position. So there you go. I expect that to change dramatically this offseason because the Falcons know that they have to invest at that position. However, the rub is we have heard time and again Arthur Blank say that they've done the research, that they have looked, and they are aware it's like you know 16 17% of the cap when your quarterback, when one player is making you know over that number and accounting for just an outsized percentage of your salary cap, it's a really hard way to build a winning roster. And Arthur Blank has said that a, a number of times now. So you know that that's kind of the philosophy of the team starting from the very top. So yes, I expect that the investment number to climb up, but I don't really expect them to be in play for that Lamar Jackson type of of quarterback that is just going to take up 26% of your salary cap because that's where they were with Matt Ryan. And they reached the ceiling of that type of roster and team construction. So I don't think they're going to jump right back into that, which is why, you know, I think that if they go the veteran route, it'll be kind of that uh, like undervalued, you know, maybe get a guy whose better days are ahead or somebody like a Geno Smith where maybe it's not going to really impress everybody. It's not going to win the media cycle when the announcement is made. But you see that, all right, they have something in mind for him in this scheme. They think it'll play up his strengths, what have you. And then maybe you get a little bit of that last season, 2022 Seahawks, where, okay, the Falcons are surprising some people because they've got a quarterback. Like If they go the veteran route, I think it'll be more along those lines, as opposed to, again, who's the number one guy on the market or we're trading and we're bringing in a huge contract, what have you. Um, So who are some of those veterans that maybe they could look at? Kirk Cousins is the big name out there. Ryan Tannehill eh, would have made more sense with Arthur Smith, right? 
Baker Mayfield, interesting. Seems like Tampa Bay would also be interested in, in kind of bringing him back. So they may have the inside uh, kind of lane on, on Baker Mayfield. Gardner Minshew, kind of in that Baker Mayfield camp. Probably doesn't excite you too, too much, but you could do something interesting with him. Jacoby Brissett, same deal. Sam Darnold, kind of same deal. Maybe a little younger. He's still only like 26 years old, which is interesting. Um, but at this point, is he like Carson Wentz, where he's just kind of been around the place everywhere and nobody's figured out what to do with him? Uh, and then Drew Locke, I just threw down because, you know, again, like I really liked him in college. I liked him at Missouri, but who knows? Uh, at this point, he's he's kind of had his opportunities in Denver and nothing has really come about. Um, so then we turn our eyes to the draft and going to be a lot more draft coverage on this uh, feed coming over the next weeks, months. Like it's what we got to talk about. But Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, all of those guys could be in the mix, whether the Falcons want to trade up for somebody like a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Maybe you can get a Jane Daniels at eight, or maybe you go with you know a trade-down option if you love Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy, feel like maybe they're there at the end of the first or maybe the very beginning of day two. I think all of those names could be in play. Certainly maybe the first three on that list, Williams, May, and, and Jane Daniels, that's probably where you want to live if you're the Falcons. I think that the the ceiling, if you're going for, we want a franchise quarterback who could be a potential game changer because that's what it takes now in the NFL, unless you have Kyle Shanahan as your play caller. All these guys, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you've got to be able to keep up with elite quarterback play in this league. So I do think that the biggest possible swing comes through the draft. However, the floor is pretty low. And if you are expecting to win right away, and I think that is the expectation here, then maybe you go with a higher floor option to begin with, even if the overall long-term, the ceiling is lower. That's the balance here for the Falcons to figure out this offseason. But we'll wrap it up here. What is the priority level of the quarterback position for the Falcons this offseason? It's the number one priority. Like, there's no beating around the bush with this. Um, it is the team's top offseason priority for a reason. Until a quarterback is in place, the Falcons' upside is unknown, really. It's severely limited, but it's also unknown because you can look at a Jesse Bates in place and a Chris Lindstrom and a Bajan Robinson and Kyle Penn kind of say, look, there's some really nice pieces. A.J. Terrell is, is making a push. Zach Harrison, Arnold Levicati, two young, probably not your, your dominant pass rushers, but they can be part of a little bit of a group here as they were last year. So there's... Definitely not as many holes for the Falcons roster, but their number one hole is like the most important hole and a huge glaring one that they really need to get right. Otherwise, you're going to be in this little purgatory that other teams find themselves in. Remember the, when the Browns, for, I mean, they're still kind of in this mix where you just have a nice roster and every year, every year you're coming in saying, hey, I like what this team is. Can they get the quarterback position right? And for so long, they didn't. You didn't get it right with Desmond Ritter last year. This is kind of a, a second swing at it, but really your first real one where you're going at it is like, we have cleared the decks and everybody is in line that quarterback is the number one priority. Let's see what they can do. I like that Terry Fondo is still here. I like that there is continuity with the roster, with the coaching staff, with some of the front office. If they can all come together and hit the quarterback position, the Falcons are going to be set up nicely to really make some noise in 2024 and beyond, but it's clear last year didn't work and they better get it right. So that will do it for 
today's very first intro into our Falcons position review series. I hope you enjoyed it. It's clear quarterback is the biggest need, a huge concern, but also there's a pretty big opportunity in front of the Falcons if they can navigate things correctly and land the right guy because I like a lot of the other pieces that they have in place. But we will get to that over the coming weeks, probably rolling these out every other day. So keep your eye on this feed. They are going to be coming nice and quick for you guys. Today is the first one, quarterback position. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, the episode was presented by Bet Online. My name is Will McFadden. You can follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden. We'll see you guys again next time for our look at the running backs. Should be a fun one. Uh, definitely a little more optimistic about that position group than quarterbacks. But that will do it for me today. I will see you guys next time. Until then, take care. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.